0: there's no upsell no guru
1: pitch and no fluff it's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the agency freedom podcast let's go what's going on freedom jumpers back again for another episode of the agency freedom podcast with my main man mr david carruthers And This is an Outside of the Normal Flow episode uh, because we are here today talking about David's brand new book uh, that has just dropped. By the time you are watching or listening to this, it is live and ready for uh, acquisition on Amazon and wherever else David has put it. He'll tell us here in a second. Uh, David, thanks for hopping on with us this morning.
2: Absolutely, man. My pleasure, as always.
1: Now, you, uh, you got two... Uh, podcasting and content, you know, old hats who do this all the time. So we're just going to jump right into the good stuff. So the title of the book is The Dirty 130. W- what's going on with that? Where's the inspiration for that title?
2: So dirty rhymes with 130. I really wish that I could get more technical than that but i mean truthfully man you know if you if you read the book which i actually have a copy sitting here i explain where the title came from i explain why dirt what dirt seems to represent to the blue collar working community but also what dirt does for the entire ecosystem that we live in it's the foundation for food which gives us healthier plant life it gives us better um meat for those of us that are more carnivore than herbivore um And so I I take that and I correlate that to what you have to do to be successful as a producer. And I think that a lot of people who read the extra two minutes are probably going to read this book and be scratching their head thinking, holy cow, like, why is this? guy going down these kind of technical rabbit holes and there's no way any human being would be able to um, keep up with this challenge because think 75 hard for production behavior, right? Number one, no exercise component, not getting sued over somebody having a heart attack on a treadmill because I recommend it, so (laughs) safe there. But just really honing in on the producer mindset, what that means and what, what it takes to achieve that. So to me, everything starts, with, everything starts with dirt, you know, dirty makes, you know, makes it look like you've been working hard all day. And one thirty is really easy. It's six months. It's six months of five-day work weeks. And my theory is that if anybody can follow this challenge and produce this level of content for themselves over a six-month period, it will be a, a habit that is so deeply ingrained in them that they'll never abandon it and it'll change the course of their career.
1: Well, and the sick little trick that you're pulling on people psychologically is even if they're not able to, you know, be 100%, even if they don't make the entire 130 days, you and I both know that if they're 70 or 80% of that, you're still going to have massive improvements in in your deliverables from their activity is going to be huge
2: yeah, most of these people are couch potatoes, man. I mean, I hate to say that because they're my friends. But at the end of the day, a lot of the people, um you know that that I work with that follow the book, And and even follow my other content on social, they're looking for a lifeline. They're looking for something to revitalize their career, to hold them accountable, to give them a community. And I think that, again, you know, if there's something in my skill set that's different from what other people have out there, it's the ability to create the community around the content, right? I think a lot of people have the content, but the glue that holds it together is the community that you create around that. So this book, while I, and, and as I've done my little marketing, you know, leaking out, out of different things. I've always said this is not just a book, it's a lifestyle, but it truly is. You know, we have a Facebook group that was communicated or that was created for this, and there will be interaction in there, already has been. But more importantly, there is a lot of content outside the book that I have created to supplement the book. So rather than boring people with search engine optimization tactics, you know, in the written word, I've created hour long video tutorials on specifically what you need to do to achieve that level of SEO that we have inside of Florida risk because of the tools that I've used over my career. So it really is an, an interactive experience. It was intentionally designed that way because some of what I talk about is dry. Some of it is not so dry, but the stuff that's dry is the stuff that's important and I want to yeah. make sure that I have it there so that people can consume it in a way that it'll stick and that they can. And go back and watch it, rewatch it, or just go frame by frame and do what we do and pause the video as they go. So lots of lots of nuggets there outside of what's in the written word.
1: Well, and the, the game that we're playing is at all times, it's simultaneously strategic and tactical. You know, where, where you say dry and all I think is, okay, cool, that means cerebral, it means specific, and it means somewhat difficult. But the the beautiful thing about difficult things, and I know you and I are 100% in lockstep on this, the more difficult something is, the harder it is for our competition to get to our level and stay there. I, I love difficult stuff because it means when you are able to achieve something difficult, you look to your left and to your right, you're not going to see many people standing next to you.
2: Yeah, I mean... I'll give you an example, man. One of the things that I dive deep in is how you optimize any images that you use on your site or in your blog posts, for SEO. And people are going to probably think to themselves, why in the world does this guy want me to have alt text behind an image? Everybody knows what the image is. Well, the fact of the matter is that Google is going to scrape your website and they're going to see that text there. And how do you think you get results when you go to Google Images looking for an image is something? It's another way to lead people back to your website. And here's another thing you know, a lot of people use screen readers. So, you know, if you have people who are disabled, and I've Obviously, that's become a focus on websites and things. If you use a screen reader, the alt text is read aloud when that person uses that software. So the image is being described around those same keywords. And the challenge is this, man. Anybody can go out and create content and slap it up. But what's the point if you're not optimizing that content to get in front of the right people? I would submit... That this is going to be a really eye-opening experience for people who have followed me for a number of years that are going to say, holy crap. Now I understand why this guy's in my newsfeed all the time. Now I understand why this guy's display stuff is showing up. It's not a secret. It's just the mundane, and people don't want to embrace the mundane. That's what made Kobe Bryant so good. He was the guy that practiced before the practice, and then probably practiced after the practice, because he needed to have his fundamentals right. And that's all this is. There's no rocket science whatsoever in this book. It's literally laying out a proven strategy that works, challenging other people to follow that same model, and guess what? I'm right there with them, man. If they're like, "Oh, there's no way this guy's doing that," how do you think all the content for the book got created? I mean, that's a that's a dirty four thousand as opposed to a dirty one thirty.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt, man. And because I I've been following you, and you and I, you know, do life in, in other contexts, I know that everything you do is additive, and it is you know just the next step of the narrative. So help put some context into the Dirty 130 because, you know, you drop your first book, the extra two minutes, and it is virtually no strategy. It is all tactical. It is ground floor. It is very actionable. It is just progress, little piece at a time. And then you've got the podcast, obviously. Uh, you've got Killing Commercial. You've got this prolific amount of content on, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook, Where does the Dirty 130 fit in the overall ecosystem that you've created? How how does it find its place?
2: Well, I think, you know, I wrote the extra two minutes right as COVID was kind of really getting its teeth, right? I think it released March 1st of 2020, right? I'm sorry, May 1st of 2020 like right in the throes of of the first wave of COVID. I mean, it started in January and February, but I mean, for all practical purposes, everything was shut down. It was very therapeutic for me. And it was also therapeutic for me to sit back and think about all the things that I was doing prior to this life-altering event that was gonna hit our industry. And so for me, the extra two minutes was as much about me chronicling those things that had led me to the point where I got Have gotten to from a sales production behavior standpoint so that I had that memorialized and and formalized in a way that I could even go back and look at it. But at the same time, share that with other people who kind of been on the outskirts, you know, outside looking in to, to see, you know, is this something I can do? Is this something for me? The Dirty 130 is different in that it goes a completely different direction. So if you think, um, If you think that the extra two minutes is in person, the Dirty 130 is the digital version of the extra two minutes, meaning these are the things that we're doing. A lot of this stuff, everything, honestly, is stuff I've done all along but now i'm highlighting it because it's completely different a completely different environment that we're working in now and so you have to be you know we say it on the podcast intro you have to be a five tool player that comes from my days of playing baseball obviously you know the the more tools you have the more successful you're going to be but a true five tool player in 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 baseball standards is like the best of the best. It's not that they just have these tools. They have exceptional talent in each one of those things. And so the Dirty 130 really takes it and pushes it that direction. How can you be good in video? How can you be good with blogging? How can you be good in creating webinars and educational content? How can you you implement extra two-minute stuff? Because one of the things that I did was I actually, in the last three or four chapters married the two. I married the extra two minutes to the Dirty 130 and brought back like three chapters as a reprise because there are a lot of people that are going to pick up this book that never even read the first book. So when I get into talking about behavior surrounding marketing drops and things like that, they don't even know what that is. And rather than me go back and redefine it, here, let me just let me show you this snippet from the first book, because this is what you're going to be expected to do when we talk about that stuff. So it's really kind of a marriage between the tactical of the physical part of what we do and the tactical from the digital part of what we do. And then there's strategy around that.
1: You know, one of my favorite parts about the book Grit from Angela Duckworth, which I know, you know both of us uh, have to display grit in our daily, it's it's a, a core ingredient of what we do, is this conversation of the, the relationship between natural talent and effort. It's like, okay, some people don't have much natural talent, but they have a whole lot of effort and they're able to succeed. Other people have a whole lot of natural talent and not so much effort, but they're able to succeed because they're gifted and just really, really good at certain things. But you're not able to achieve greatness until natural talent and whatever that looks like for the individual meets with extreme effort and the two together move forward. It, it sounds like that is the, the drum that you're beating here. It's, hey, it doesn't matter how good you are at certain things. It's, what are you doing? What, what is your deliverable? What's your actionable here?
2: Yeah, I think I think it goes back to a general philosophy I have from our industry, but it's it's applicable across the board. And and what I mean across the board, I mean really any any role where you have people who manage salespeople and you have salespeople. So, um, you know, I don't feel like people in the leadership role always do. The best job of managing their salespeople because they manage results as opposed to managing behaviors, and part of that has to do with the fact that those organizations do not have a defined sales process, and they don't—they haven't defined and trained their team on those behaviors that they they should be managing. Right? So, you know, to give you an example, it, it, uh, look, I'll I'll lay it out there the other context around the the dirty 130 is goes back to the same things that we do in our agency telemarketing marketing drops those two things are core to what we do 100 phone calls a week 30 marketing drops a week it's really that simple it's 20 a day 5 days a week for the phone calls and you know 30 marketing drops tuesday wednesday and thursday my people do 8 to 10 marketing drops but i i have it set up that way because i know and understand that if my people are making a hundred calls a week, which is by no means backbreaking labor, and they're doing eight to ten marketing drops a week, which again, if planned appropriately, is not backbreaking labor, you know they're going to hit their numbers. But if they're not even doing those things, and I'm waiting until the end of a month or an end of a quarter, and then I have to deal with the fact somebody missed their sales goal. I've let them down because I should have trained them on what the expectation was. I should let them self-monitor that on a daily basis, recap weekly at sales meeting, and then go from there. But I can tell you that anytime I have chosen to focus on behavior and train my people in the behavior and make sure they're executing that behavior every single day, then we're golden, man. We're 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 never going to have an issue with not hitting sales numbers. Well, and
1: it, it is a topic that has come up time and time and time again uh, in in my office here and in, in our podcast of if, if you're just looking at trailing indicators, your data, best case scenario, is 30 days old. It could be older than that. I don't know about you, but it's really hard for me to make tactical decisions based on data that is at least a month old. So everything you're saying, it just makes perfect sense because it's like tweaking stuff with what you put in your gas tank instead of analyzing the exhaust from your car it's like okay well let's look at the engine do we have enough fluid in the transmission do we have and has the preventative maintenance been done correctly or are you just diagnosing the problems with the mechanic after the problems have already occurred obviously we know which one is a a more effective use of our time there
2: yeah absolutely
1: Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So you've got the book and the workbook help me understand how those two play into each other uh you know i read the extra two minutes and so much of what you've got at the end of each chapter is kind of workbook stuff anyway so what's the story with the workbook for the dirty 130
2: so the workbook is actually called a workbook but it's more of a journal to be honest with you and a day planner um So basically, what did I tell you the people needed to do? They need to self-police every day of the week. So now they have the ability to do that and record this. You know, honestly... Technology-forward agencies should just put this into a CRM, you know, workflow, so that they are capturing all of these behaviors, and the producers are entering this stuff in real time. But I also know that our industry has widely not adopted CRMs at the level that most other, you know, sales organizations have. So it's really simple, man. On the uh, left-hand side, we have a daily planner. On the right-hand side, we have a daily journal. You know, in the planner, we're going to talk about the number of calls we've projected, attempted, and completed. Uh, the emails that we send out for follow up, we want to track those. If we're doing specific marketing uh, request uh, type emails. Uh, we're tracking our marketing drops. We're tracking our channel partners that we've identified that we want to reach out to and meet with. And here's a couple that you're probably not going to expect. Number one, we are tracking the reading that we're doing every day. Part of the challenge is for everybody to spend 10 minutes a day reading because if they do that, they will read on average 300 pages in a month if they're doing all 30 days of a month, which is essentially most books. Most of these people haven't read a nonfiction book in years, and we're going to push them into a place where we're challenging them to read six nonfiction books in six months. Now, that's not something that's overly difficult for me because I read every day in the mornings and in the evenings, and I knock books out like crazy, but... It's a challenge because a lot of people don't do that, and it goes back to when we had Daniel Song on the podcast, and he talked about, look, I just read 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes is typically 10 pages, so we're going to challenge you to do that, and not only do we want you to do that, but we want you to... Jot down a few sentences about what you took from those passages, right? Because I think that a lot of the things that we do have to do with us projecting our future success. We don't take the time to reflect on the things that we've done that have been successful in the past. This is creating a chronicle for people to be able to do that. In addition, I actually created this. How many times do we go and look and see somebody who has, you know, Bob Klinger does this, Paradiso does this, Daniel does this, where there's a there's a, a branding meme that's out there with an inspirational quote. And, I mean, I know that I usually read probably 10 to 15 inspirational quotes at a bare minimum every day just for my friends. The ones I really like, I just take a screenshot on my phone and I save it for later so that I can think through it and maybe repurpose it in some way. But in here, I'm encouraging people to write down the one thing they saw that spoke to them online that day from an inspirational quote standpoint. And then the last thing is the second half on the journal, really is a stop, start, and continue exercise, which is one of my favorite things. But it's one thing I did great today, one thing I need to work on today, one thing I learned today, and one thing I didn't complete. And that's so that you can identify, hey, look, you're not going to get it all done every day, but how are you going to course correct around that? And then we left the bottom half of that blank for them to be able to just make some general notes on their their actual reading. The workbook has a weekly recap, and a monthly recap so that you can tally all of your numbers up and, on a weekly and monthly basis. And then when it's done, maybe you want to continue? Good. Go get another workbook. We've got you used to journaling now. It's a healthy habit. If you don't, go on without it. And then you have one that you've completely filled out that you can reflect on. A lot of this comes from my own personal behavior in that I have I, I have kept every single letter of engagement and agent or record letter I've ever gotten. From day one, 20 years worth in a three ring binder in my home office. Why do I do that? Well, because I forget, man. There are times that I've got like that really good trick that got a deal done. And over time, it's kind of like missing the gym one day. You miss it one day, then you miss it two, then you miss it a week, then you miss it a month. When I hit a dry patch, I pull that three ring binder out and I'll start at the very beginning going account by account, thinking about the conversations I had, what I did to win the account, how it was received, how I prepared that client to fire their existing representation. And I usually don't have to get more than about 10 pages in that I'm off of my dry patch because I've remembered something that I used. A lot of times we get these deals done in the heat of the moment at the closing table, and as prepared as I am, some of my best moves have been things that have been just me being quick on my feet and using my experience to find a wedge that didn't exist in my research. So I forget stuff, I forget things like that occasionally, which is why I want to have a, a, a track record. What? history is the greatest teacher of what we can expect in the future. That applies in all things in life. So the sales sales game should not be any different.
1: No, that's great. You know, it, it, it's like any good athlete, you know, you practice and practice and practice. And then after the game, you're watching game tape, analyzing everything that you did to figure out, okay, this worked and this didn't work. I need to do this differently. And I need to capture this over here to make sure I do that again. It's, You know, I was uh, on the way into the office this morning, I was listening to uh, your episode with Peter McDonald, uh, session number four, uh, and, you know, just talking about how important it is to review uh, in the car after a meeting, uh, to review ahead of time, you know, to practice, to role play. But as soon as something is done, what's the after action report? What's the, the debrief? What's in the locker room? Like, just like a coach would with an athlete, like, why are we any different as salespeople? So, uh, it seems like 3130 is uh, a, a well-designed and well-structured uh, format for that type of introspective uh, behavior. But also, let's be honest, folks, a whole lot of hard work and a lot of discipline and a lot of grit and determination.
2: It's not easy, so. man. I'm I'm perfectly forthright about that. You know, I mean, anybody who thinks they're going to jump in on this thing... Be ready because it is a commitment, but it's a commitment that every single person can do. It doesn't take a ton of time. It really doesn't, right? If, you, if you're creating no content at all right now whatsoever, if you're not doing any blogging, any video or anything, you give me 30 minutes a day for five days a week. Give me your first 30 minutes a day and you're going to have a content strategy that you've never had before. Not only are we going to show you how to create it from the beginning, but we're going to teach you how to repurpose it. And we build we build everything off of my strategy which is well documented of leading with video. No different than Ryan Hanley, no different than Chris Green, but What I do with it after that is kind of my own twist. And you know, we teach you how to take it and have it transcribed so that you can get it into a blog post. But then we also show you how to build all of those things up into having massive pieces of content, like one hour webinars on a very focused topic. If you can get comfortable doing the micro stuff on a daily basis, you're gonna become really good at the macro stuff as well. And guess what? When you become good at the macro, it takes care of the micro because if I do a one hour webinar, I could have six months worth of content come out of that one webinar. I could create eBooks based on my main points. I can create individual video snippets. I could go in and pull topics out that I talk about for five to 10 minutes and do blog posts on them. Have I mean, there's just, I can go for days on what you can create, but it's about starting with the small, working to the big, and then realizing that if you start with the big, you can automatically create so much more of the small it's not even funny. So you know that's kind of the technique that we use here is you know we do our daily stuff every single day and then we have our big stuff whether it be conference calls or like the boot camps that we have and those kinds of things i use all of that stuff and break it down and then and then sprinkle it in over the course of a year cuz the majority of the stuff we do is evergreen it doesn't run out it it, it never expires in terms of its relevance unlike talking about a specific form or endorsement, which could change with the next filing with your state. So yeah. I tend to focus on the things that aren't going to change.
1: Well, in our process here at, at risk, well, and I really shouldn't say our, it's not our, it's mine. Cause I'm the only one who's creating content at our office right now, which I know is a different subject entirely. You have some thoughts on that for sure uh, with, you know, engaging producers and whatnot in the creation of the content. But, you know, we, have started using Rev to transcribe my videos and turn them into blog posts. And just that one little thing of sending it through Rev and getting a transcription and dropping it on the website as a blog post, I've seen real benefit from that, of repurposing it in only one specific way. And uh, are you still using lately that AI? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that I actually is have, ca- a whole
2: cha- I have a whole chapter on Lately in Dirty 130 that talks about, yeah. you know, you create this content. Now what's your distribution strategy? How are you going to get it out to the people that you want to get it to?
1: And that is, it, at this point, it's not really a secret because you've talked about it openly several times. But, man, I mean, you want to talk about a force multiplier to use military language. You know, Lately really is that force multiplier where you put effort in. In a single moment of time and then push it through lately and they do their wizardry and magic behind the scenes and next thing you know, you got dozens of pieces of content broken out from one bit of effort.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's kind of, you know, that's the beauty of the whole thing, right? I'm not somebody, I I have to have a process and a system. And even when I have it, it is it is work for me to stick to it because my ADHD pulls me so many different directions. So for me, you know, when I think about atomic habits, I really need nuclear habits. I need a nuclear reaction to get my attention to get me yep. to, to, to stick to these things. But um, you know, the the beauty of it is that I can use lately to make sure that this gets distributed for the foreseeable future but then I can sprinkle in my own personal stuff anytime I want. So I use Lately as a backstop more than anything else to make 100% certain my stuff gets out there, but that also gives me the freedom to not have to stress over making sure that the the routine is done. I can just go out and do one or two posts a day on LinkedIn or Facebook about something that's personally relevant in a current event You know, for me. And it's going to get way more traction that way, too. So we're kind of covering all of our bases doing it that way.
1: Fantastic. No, I wanted to keep this a relatively short uh, blip here. Uh, this is not a full regular episode. A- anything else you want to bring up before uh, we land the plane and get people back to their day?
2: No, I just think that um, you know people probably have a, a preconceived notion that this applies heavily to commercial insurance production. That would be a horrible misconception because I very intentionally wrote the book to apply to people in sales positions In really any kind of a a sales role. So, you know, if you're a personal lines producer, and you don't understand why I would want you doing marketing drops, then you probably need to think about how you're calling on loan officers and real estate officers, and everybody else just because you're not in business to business, doesn't mean that you don't have business to business relationships, you need to manifest and nurture. Heck, Troy Thompson up in Minnesota goes door-to-door, cold calling personal lines. So you could do that as well if you really wanted to go that route. But every single person in every single sales profession has channel partners that can make their life easier. They have end clients they could that could make their life easier. But at a bare minimum, even if you say, David, you're nuts, none of that stuff applies to me. You will never win the argument that you can't improve your results by producing content and then marketing around that content. It's just your that's an unwinnable argument with me
1: it, leveraging the internet leveraging youtube leveraging seo on your website is as our friend mr hanley has put it so eloquently it's like hiring a marketing team that's working for you 24 7 365 the the hard part i think is making sure that the content is relevant it is actionable you know the marcus sheridan they ask you answer approach you know, if you're just bloviating about products and features, well, that's probably not going to work very well because nobody gives a crap. So now no, you, you got to be strategy, putting out man. the relevant
2: stuff. Yeah, we give you the strategy in the book. We lay it out. You want to know what your topics need to be? Here are, th- here are three or four things you can do right now. Because look, yeah. let's face it, the number one problem is excuses. People are inherently lazy. They don't want to have to get up and do this. They want the paycheck, but they don't want to put in the work. So we're want we we giving you the roadmap. There is no excuse. Oh, I don't have good equipment, David. Do you have a cell phone and a computer? That's all you need, right? Yeah. Equipment myth, myth dispelled. We don't know what to talk about. Really? You don't have people who call your office asking questions. You don't you, know, you don't understand what answerthepublic.com is. Like I can go down I can just go straight down the list of all the things there's never a reason why you should not be able to create content. Not one.
1: Agreed. Now, the uh, w- one of the things in the book that I'm in the middle of writing right now is done is better than perfect. Like, if you're waiting for it to be perfect, you're going to be waiting forever. But the secret, in my opinion, and you just said it in different words, it's the same message. Done is better than perfect.
2: I say it all the time. Imperfect action supersedes perfect inaction 100% of the time.
1: Absolutely. Man, I I cannot wait to get my hands on this thing. Uh, Freedom Jumpers, something special here David and I have cooked up. Uh, We are going to be providing up to a hundred copies of the dirty One Hundred and Thirty for you. Here's what you need to do. You simply send an email to podcast at agency, com and say, Hey, I want a copy of the dirty 130, and, uh, we will get that out to you. Uh, we'll, I'm not sure exactly how the ordering is going to go with David, but we'll facilitate you getting your hands on a copy of that, uh, courtesy of the agency freedom podcast. And uh, again, that's podcast at agencyfreedom.com. And we'll get that out to you ASAP. Uh, David, any final thoughts here?
2: Nope. I just appreciate you reaching out and having me on, man. I'd I'd love to hear from people. If you go through the challenge, if you buy the book, please feel free to reach out. I'm 100% accessible. If you can't figure out how to message me on social media, I have failed miserably.
1: And if somebody wants to go out and buy it for themselves, uh, obviously Amazon is is where most people are going to buy it. Uh, where else do you want them to go if they're going to buy a copy?
2: Um, I have a bundle deal and I'm hand signing and personalizing anyone, any order that comes through uh, dirty-130.com. Um, I know that some people have reached out and said, I want to, I want to buy it from you where you make the most money. Let me be very clear. I don't write a book in an effort to make profit off of it. If I did, it would be the wrong book. So let me, (laughs) I want to be very clear. I don't care where you go. It's pretty much going to be equal. And this is not about me lining my pocket as much as it is me helping other agents, um, down the road and so the one thing i will say that i've been holding out on that a lot of people may not know is i have chosen to record the audible for this myself based on a number of requests from people who have said we really think you should do it in your voice And I'm not stupid, man. They're playing me like a fiddle because they know that I can't stay on task. And as soon as I read a paragraph, I'm going to fly off on a tirade for another five minutes to drill down into that paragraph. So what you're going to end up with is literally a documentary on the Dirty 130. (laughs) Who knows how long this thing's going to be? Who knows where it's going to go? But um, I'm going to start recording that hopefully next week. I'm taking this week off. The book releases on Thursday. I'm announcing the final three of the protege season two on Thursday and Thursday is my birthday. So we are going over and spending a weekend away to just literally unplug and do nothing at all for three or four days. And then we're going to come back and hit it hard the following week and be right back where we started.
1: Awesome. Now I have, uh, every intention of this episode dropping this friday which is the 9th uh, so hopefully you are listening to this episode the day after the official release of david's book and i gotta say man i'm glad you're getting some r uh the, the last few months have been insane for you and you've got the boot camp coming up in just a couple of weeks on uh, wednesday the 21st uh, it it is a wild ride being david caruthers i am sure it's uh, that's been, so,
2: and it, it ramps up heavy starting back in October. So from, from literally when we get back, uh, next week through the end of the year, it's going to be another torrid pace and I'll be ready to decompress in Key West in January.
1: Awesome. All right. He is David Carruthers. You can go to the dirty 130com If you want to get it straight from David again, email us if you want us to provide that copy for you. And this has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to
0: you real soon. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, Please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.